and hello and uh, welcome to a special edition of uh, We Are Not Wizards. This one is going to be called uh, A Work in Progress and uh, the actual uh, title of it is going to go, it's uh, Elementary Dear Watson, we're just giving it a bit of a kick. (laughs) Excellent. So now I know why it's called that and you will know why it's called that. Now, you might hear some background noise already because I have two rather excited guests with me this evening um, because we're doing a new format, so it's always going to be very exciting. So please uh, be upstanding and say hello to uh, to Lucy and Jim Kiefer, um, who, are, uh, so, uh, who are all the way from sunny California. Is yes, that right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> They're even saying hello in tandem. That's so that's so wonderful. Um, so you're here to talk about your game that is uh, your Kickstarter game, which is called Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty's Web. Yes, that is right. We're very okay. very excited about it. Okay. Now um, I've had a look at the rules. It looks like um, it's a very very interesting concept. It looks like the gameplay is going to be. Um, very very interesting as well um i think when we first started talking about this we kind of i think the phrase that um was used was it was kind of like a like pandemic kind of meets car uh, carsacone uh, is that is is that the kind of uh, is that where you were going with it that was our original idea was what would pandemic be what would pandemic played on a moving tile car um carcassonne how did you pronounce it i oh. pronounce it completely incorrectly oh god i'm probably saying it all wrong too i, nah, I have no matter. idea we, we'll just go back and we'll just edit everything Whatever. out but the, 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 Ravens, <laughs> the, the ravensburger game with the with the moving tiles it's fantastic mm-hmm. uh but what would pandemic look like played on that kind of board and okay. Well, that was the, that was the original idea. The other kind of original idea, obviously, we're, we were we made a Sherlock Holmes board game mostly because mm. the existing Sherlock Holmes board games are mm, terrible. Sorry if you like them, but they are very okay. very bad. Um, so we wanted a good one, and one of our one of the fun little images from the more recent kind of spat of Sherlock Holmes TV shows are when. Sherlock Holmes make the, makes those wonderful like crime solving like collages across a wall just with all of right. the suspects and So what what yeah. version of Sherlock Holmes are you talking about? Are you talking about the the UK version with Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> or are you talking about the the US version that I believe's got Lucy Liu playing yes. Watson? Um well my personal favorite is the U.S. version with Lucy Liu. I realize that's really? a. I know that's a little <laughs> bit contrary of me. I know. Yeah, no, no, okay. No, no, I get that. <laughs> I get that. I do. Uh, um, of course, I mean, with all the with all my Sherlock Holmes hipster friends, it's clearly all about the Soviet Russian one. That's impossible to get your hands on. Um, no. So you're a big fan of Sherlock, then? Yeah, I'm a big us. fan of Sherlock. Uh, but and one of the things we wanted to do for this particular game is there have been so many Holmeses that this one's meant to be sort of all-inclusive and right. so we and so we pulled jokes from kind of all of the different versions like visuals from all the different vo- versions it is Victorian but like I don't know we, we've used in in our beautiful art we've used references from I think just about every Sherlock Holmes television show there is the Basil Rathbone one the Jeremy Brett one the Robert Downey Jr. one the Benedict Cumberbatch one and also the Johnny Lee Miller one too so so let's um let's dial it back a bit because one of the things that we talk about is you know whenever we've done kind of previous whatever we've been involved in previous episodes of um chatting to anybody who isn't normally calling is to find out a little bit about your own kind of background in kind of board games now um what was it like kind of i mean what obviously what was it like in the kind of the kiefer household in relation to board games did you play a lot <laughs> that's a funny well, that's, that's, a, that's a funny question yeah uh, that's an interesting question it's 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 very pertinent um 
we've been playing in our ha house uh, really since the day Lucy was born, for sure. Uh, and before, I uh, have been in the game industry uh, for over 30 years. Um, I started actually as a uh, as an intern at Mattel uh, way right. back when I was right. when I was in college. Yeah, and actually I was the, an intern on the Masters of the Universe line. I was designing He-Man figures. I didn't know that uh, was your first job. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> it's all secrets. Yeah. All secrets are out, and we are not wizards tonight. This is like well, um, Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> I never well, knew my dad designed He-Man. <laughs> well, I did uh, for one summer, and every week we would have a staff meeting, and people would throw out new ideas, and I always had some elaborate new scheme to have a big game system that incorporated all the figures, and they would, everyone would look at me, and they'd say, well, we don't really make games, so yeah. Um, yeah. nice try. So, But I really loved, it, it got me thinking about doing games, because I'd played games my whole life, I'd always uh, taken old games like Battleship and and risk and, and, and all these different types of games and combine them. And I was always doing things like that. So uh, I got into it and uh, started focusing my design uh, portfolio, if you will, on games. And I started at Milton Bradley when I graduated from college. So, uh, what, so what kind of stuff did you do at Milton Bradley? Because I had a large collection of Milton Bradley games when I was growing sure. up. So I mean I was I played things like Hotel I believe was potentially one of yours, but I mean what yeah I mean you tell what what what, what kind of games? So did you I remember Ho Hotel was going on when I was there. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I was I was hired as a industrial designer, which is my training, um, and so I was designing all the plastic components for all the various games. So I'd work on many games, uh, but during my lunch hour I started inventing because. To me, that was a lot more fun. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I came up with Thunder Road, which was my first game. You invented uh, Thunder Road? I invented Thunder Road, yes. And there's actually still a following on uh, yeah. on uh, yeah. on the Game Board Geek. I see I chime in every once in a while. I get in on the, on the uh, chat room. And, uh, yeah, that was back in, gosh, I guess, 80... 86 87 yeah i remember um, yeah. I, my brother got that for christmas and we must have played we must have played it for um we must have played it for, i think we played it for months because oh. there was other oh. games you know i mean we had a, i think we had a series of christmases where we had um where we had uh, kind of new board games so there was like lost valley the dinosaurs and then there was escape from atlantis came out and there was obviously hotels so this was when board games were starting to get kind of interesting and that was before we went into, like, say, Hero Quest as well. So Thunder Road was. It's cool that you know Thunder Road. I more people should, way more people should. Um, so yeah, Th Thunder Road was my first. It was a lot of fun, and uh, from that point on, I started just also d doing the whole thing where you come up with the idea, you 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 uh, make the prototypes, design the plastics, just just all of it. So I kind of like doing as much as I can because as Lucille Ball said once I think the more you do the more you can do so yeah. uh, and I kind of kind of we're always always trying to do more um, so so give us I mean give us some more names what is there other games that you were behind let's see the following year was uh, Screaming Eagles mm -hmm. I invented uh -huh. and um, that was an interesting one because it was intended to be played on two boards as the as Thunder Road was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, for various reasons, it was changed to uh, to play on one board, which is and it has a very unique movement system. Um, I did Crash Canyon, which was a big 3D uh, game board, which yeah. was the, yeah. the follow up to to um, Fireball Island. Yeah. And, yeah, okay. and that and the, what's interesting there is my wife did all of the artwork for Crash Canyon. Is and, that how is that our, how you two met then? Uh, we met uh, a couple of years earlier, right, right uh, in college. So, oh, cool. yeah, oh, cool. yeah. So we that was that was right at the very beginning, where <laughs> we. Uh, so she was she was doing that. So uh, so, so Borgit obviously. Um, 
So board games have been a major a major part of your life. Are you still involved in board games to this day, or if you are you um, are you doing other things? Uh, actually, I'm very much involved in board games. I have um, about four years ago, I sort of ended my corporate career. Mm -hmm. I was the uh, design VP at Spin Master, <laughs> and uh, and then I decided to be an inventor and we've got about four five games on the market now um okay. and there's okay. there's five more that are coming there uh, we've got contracts and signed and whatnot but those won't be those are not out yet so no, i'm no. not even sure I mean, can you put some names out there for the ones that you've done that sure. some of our listeners sure. might recognize well there's one that's out right now uh, rotten apples uh -huh. by no kidding uh -huh. Um, there's a game called All In. It's a, another adult party game by Patch. Uh -huh. And then there's a, a, a slightly more risque, or a lot more risque version of that general game called You Bet Your Ass. Okay. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's by Spunkworks. Okay. And, okay. and then, and then on a completely different uh, path, we have a game called Fish and Chips, which is a preschool, mm -hmm. adorable little preschool game. Uh, which Cardinal is coming out with. And uh, we actually have also a online game called Picturific, which oh, has yeah. been, on, yeah. been online for f five, six years now, I think, seven years more. Uh, that's on shockwave.com and slingo.com. And we're in the final throes right now of getting the app made. So that will be uh, you know, available on your phones and your tablets and all that. So we're 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 doing a lot of stuff, and it's it's fun inventing, and and uh, so still very active in it. And frankly, it's the fun part, in from my perspective of 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 the game business, which is creating the games and getting people excited about them. And yeah, I mean, so I've yeah. I've spoken to a couple of um, couple of game designers now. Most recently, um, an episode that isn't released um, and will be soon. Um, is uh, with a gentleman by the name of uh, Eduardo Baraf. Um, also, John Gilmore. I spoke to him quite recently. He's quite um, done. He's, I guess, he's kind of like you, but right now, but twenty twenty years ago or something. Because he's kind of involved <laughs> in. I mean, board games. I mean, do you play a lot of board games that are out just now? Do you? I mean, obviously, we mentioned my uh, mispronounce, my horrific mispronounce, mispronunciation of Carcassonne. Um, or Carcassonne even I've done it again um, but do you play anything that's out there just now I mean have you have you played uh, like you know the Dixits of this world have you played a, you know Catan anything like that do you get involved in the kind of the current board game scene oh absolutely um, well just my business being what it is you, you try to keep at least be aware of everything that comes out and mm. Um, play as much of it as you can. I I I, I love Carcassonne. Uh, mm. Always have. And you sound um, like you can pronounce it. Like <laughs> at least you can well, pronounce I have it. No, like I have <laughs> no idea what. All I can tell you is that's how we pronounce it in California. I don't know if it's accurate or not. Um, I'm probably just doing the Scottish version. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. I just I keep yeah. I keep wanting to tell you. I keep wanting to ask you to give me more power, Scotty. I just keep yeah. wanting to do that. You can do that if you want. <laughs> you can um, do that with the laws of physics, Captain. <laughs> I'm giving it all I can, Captain. It's running down the sides, sir. I'm doing Not the best enough. I can. <laughs> Bring it up to the line. So, um... <laughs> the yeah, is very Jim. Okay. I'm a doctor, oh, no. not from, a mechanic. From, from, from SNLA, the, the accent. Uh, really so, I'm sorry I went down that rabbit hole. Um... <laughs> So, no, I, I, Settlers of Catan, Carcassonne, uh, those are wonderful. Ticket to Ride, I enjoy playing. Um, I, um, I've always loved Risk, and I have uh, lots of versions of it. And I, it's, I guess I'm, I'm drawn toward the types of games that are, you know, a lot of people refer would consider them gateway games. They're, you know, yeah. they're kind of mass. They're kind of. Uh, you know, the gamer, but yet gamers, you know, can appreciate them and like them. Um, I love how gaming 
uh, has really had this incredible resurgence in the last yeah, you, seven, ten think, years. Yeah, what do you think of the current scene? I mean, because board games are going through like a golden age at the moment. I mean, it's become it's become like a multi billion dollar industry again um and and more in case of not just like your monopolies of this world but there's some there's some games doing some kind of serious money even on like your your kickstarter there's games that are getting funded for a couple of million dollars oh yeah um does that get you kind of excited about kind of what you're about to undertake just seeing how how you know it's, it's a wonderful time to be involved in cardboard basically <laughs> if you look no, at it I... that way it it's wonderful. My, my whole career, I'm, I've been in in board games, and I can't tell you how many times everybody would all you know various people in company in the company around me, maybe from the toy groups, they would all look, oh, you're going to be out of business, you know, mm. next week, next month. And it's like well, I, I don't know. They they still seem to be popular, and we we're all playing them, and they're a great value. And I just I uh, can't see them ever going away because it's just it's 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 really connecting people on a real visceral, direct level that frankly a lot of the technology that's out there today just doesn't do or tries really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's just the nature of what a board game is. Yeah, I mean, I say this all the time on the podcast is that the movement in video games from multiplayer, multiplayer seems to be anyone, you can play with anyone except the person kind of sitting next to you. It's ex- and the thing I love, yeah. you know, the thing I love about board games is that I can go into a room with a box and give me 20 minutes and I can have people who have never played a board game before absolutely loving what they're doing. I mean, at the weekend there, I was over there seeing the in-laws um, and I took um, a copy of uh, the one of the Star Wars kind of little f- um, uh, X-wing, basically a starter set for X-wing for my nephew, um, just to um, to get him kind of interested and see what it was like. And he he grasped it within about twenty minutes, and he was becoming really really competent after a couple of games. And um, this is somebody that has kind of struggled with kind of his maths and his English at school, but he was able to grasp kind of complex kind of movements and make complex decisions and stuff like that. And that was thanks to kind of three miniatures and a, and a ruler, basically. So to me, I can, board games are, you know, are, are becoming a, a very, very important part of, of, um, of my kind of day-to-day doings. But I mean... How, do you have a large collection of board games? I mean, is the is there the the Jim Kiefer kind of vault of board games? Yeah, I've I've um, I can't even I can't even come up with a number for them. Um, they're in multiple places. Um, <laughs> it's it's hundreds, and um, and this guy with the blower is outside the door again. That's um, fine. That's fine. Okay. So, all right. So, yeah, I, I have, I have, I've, I've have hundreds of games. I mean, most of them. I'll, I'll have some games that I have as these are the my go-to games that I would pull out with 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 friends. Um, there's some games I have that are fairly valuable, um, and so Dad, they're kept Dad, in one. Dad particularly collects risks. Uh, sets of risks oh, right. okay. and, and a lot of them are original back when the game was French and called Le Conquest du Monde and you know you know very cool do you have them like airtight kind of sealed in <laughs> special kind of cabinets and stuff like that that you're not allowed to to play it that's a that's a good idea but I don't <laughs> It's like a, one of those was a barometric chambers or something like that. So we'll, it doesn't we'll, it doesn't we'll, age. We'll get right on those barometric chambers. No, well, I mean, a lot of a lot of. I was speaking. To, yeah, I know. I was. You could probably. I was speaking to a comic collector the other day, and um, what he does is he gets his comics slabbed, and what that means is that you get a normal comic and you basically place it between two bits of perspex, mm. and they put like the grading of the comic on, and they basically seal it up. And they charge money to do that. They charge like $300 a time. And he's showing me these comics and he's like, look at this. And it's like, oh, you can't read it. He says, that's not the point. It's 
nobody else can touch it. <laughs> and it's like, wow. But um, do you still, I take it, do you have like a couple of copies of Thunder Road then? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think I I, pro I probably have one or two that are still sealed. No, right, okay. Well, that's and the then I have game. I have some earlier versions because there was a version of that game um, done first called Wastelanders. It was yeah. the first version of the game. Had a commercial made for it and everything, but then it, and um, in a package, but then it, the game got renamed to Thunder Road. I remember so, the, I remember. Um, the cover because it was a a Mad Max looking figure on the cover with two hands and a steering wheel and to the left and right of him was the different vehicles and it was a kind of like a brownie black box with, with over the front of it and the boards were amazing because you would drive along the boards and if you fell behind effectively in the race then you would lose your vehicles completely and you had little little mini copter I'm just you know I'm telling somebody what the game is that they designed it's just crazy but you know you kind of the flood of nostalgia that came along when you mentioned you'd done Thunder Road was just its just too much. You've taken me back to a much younger version of myself and I'm now beaming inside, so I thank you very much for doing that, Jim. Um, but games I, tend to do I, that. Ga games really do that. They are like time, they're like little time capsules and what's wonderful is you have multiple, like you could play it today. You yeah. could you could yeah. play it with a kid. And, and there's, there's very, and there's, that's what uh, I love about uh, games is there's so few there's so few activities that really, you know, an eight-year-old can do it with their grandfather or their, you know, their mom or whoever. And it's just like, you know, on a pretty much an equal footing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm going to be, um, I go to a board game club um, regularly that um, most of the listeners will be aware of. And I take my son along sometimes and uh, we play Pokemon or we play code names or we play, you know, we play whatever, you know, whatever we're... Uh, we fancy at the time so it's, it's pretty good in, in in that respect as well code names is um, fun we played that the other day yeah well we did we did i did a, a guest episode with um the the wonderful um gary butterfield and we did we talked a lot about code names and it was all it was all very very good um and they they've won their um they've won the reward recently so yeah. i think they're bringing out a couple of they are bringing out a couple of new versions so it's all it's all it's a it's a very very it's a brilliant fun little entry game that you can get you can get anybody playing. It's kind of fan, fantastic. Are there any games that um? Okay, here's an interesting here's an interesting question for you. One of the things that's come out with regards to Risk is the Risk Legacy series. Now, <laughs> what are your views? What are your views, Jim, on somebody taking a board game of Risk? And sticking stickers all over it and ripping up all the cards. <laughs> well, what do you, you think of Legacy? I, I, uh, we played a, a whole, we played through the whole cycle um, mm -hmm. with the same players, mm -hmm. and I love it because the planet is named after me because I won. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dad kept winning and winning until by the end it was everybody against Dad because it had to be. He was so powered up by that point. And he still won anyway, so you know. But it, it, it made for some of the later some of the later plays were, were actually very contentious because at the very outset of the game it was everybody do everything they could to destroy as much of me as they could. And well it's I would say it's I, I think it's fascinating to, to take the idea of sort of a narrative, like one big long story that happens that, yeah. that's kind of yeah. seemed to be how it kind of evolved um with with because we had the same people playing over and over which i think typically happens i've been having a risk night um or a game night for years and for the most part it's the same group of people that yeah. keep coming yeah. back um I, I thought it was really innovative i enjoyed it um and it, it, I think the balancing gets a little tricky, um, yeah. But yeah. but but it but it's all good fun. So yeah. I enjoyed it. There's yeah. a few get. I mean, there's a few legacy games coming out now. They've, there's one about um, purely about um, piracy, it seems, which is called I think Seafell. Um, that's going to be a legacy game. There's obviously Pandemic Legacy, which has been kicking about as well. Um, and there's also um, somebody I spoke to recently, John Gilmore. He's got Wasteland Express, which as you play, you can play like a 10-game campaign. 
and there are kind of things that you can change and alter about the game in order to change the experience which is good um, obviously there's some people out there that the idea of putting stickers on their board game and altering it forever is, is quite a scary thing but um, I've yet to try a legacy game fully myself but um, there's a couple that have piqued my interest so I'll be I'll be looking forward to, to kind of them. Um, you mentioned obviously um, you know, obviously you have your, your regular um, kind of gaming is there any games that you have seen recently that you would maybe like to have a shot of that's maybe piqued your interest um by a shot of do you mean play oh, it? a game yeah play it yeah sorry that's <laughs> scottishness. Scottishness. scottishness captain um <laughs> you'll, you'll have to run us through the translator captain um I've yet to have a really decent game of Munchkin, which I know is an older, has been out there for a while, but mm. I don't know. I had such a good time with Illuminati, and I don't know. It's just been a little difficult to get a really good Munchkin group together. Um, also, We tried once. Also, oh, we yeah. tried once. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had it. Uh, and... the, the other one that keeps that people keep talking about to me that I want to play, because that's usually how I kind of... I, it's all completely word of mouth at this point, but people keep telling me about betrayal at the at um at the house on the hill. Yeah, I want to get a good game, good group together for that because it also seems like a game where it's we were just talking about games that you can play with just anybody, but then there are other types of games that you know if you're not playing the with the right group, that's not. Properly yes. good enough or properly enough into it, yeah. it just—it's not going to quite work. Yeah, it can depend on the game. It can depend on the game itself. I mean, it um, depends. Games totally, like yeah, if you've got a, if you've got like a quarterback in play, if you're playing like say Pandemic, then you can get the quarterback factor where somebody who's played the game before will just come in and steamroller everybody else's decisions, especially if they know how the the kind of the game works. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be well, one of the one of the games we're going to be trying out, or we're looking at trying out, is going to be Scythe, which seems to have got a lot of interest recently. I... Which is a kind of a nineteen. It's based around what happens after the First World War, if kind of like um, autonomous kind of machines, steam machines, kind of took over, and that looks kind of really, really interesting. And there's been a massive amount of buzz about that, so that, we'll uh... be looking at, looking at that. That's what the people were, when we were at the um, game cafe last weekend, that was what yeah. they were playing next to us, Dad. Remember? Yes. Okay. Right. Now it, was, it looked yeah. very interesting. It looked, it looked beautiful. And yeah, I hear, I hear wonderful things about Scythe. The, art, the artwork in it is fantastic, even the box, the kind of the watercolour box. I'm a very kind of arty type person, so anything that's kind of well presented in that manner is um, is kind of... Know, I find it kind of it entices me a lot more when we see somebody that's kind of uh, that's kind of made an effort. And speaking of enticing art, let's let's jump into you know the whole purpose of our conversation, <laughs> which let's leave the leaf blowers to one side, the nostalgic Thunder Road, um, and my impressions of uh, probably more Simon Pegg, <laughs> kind of uh, Scotty from Star Trek. Um, uh, Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty's Web. Um, one of the things that strikes you straight away, um, if that struck me straight away, is the art, the artwork on it, um, which I believe is. I think everything on the game has kind of been done within the family. Is that is that correct? That's how we do it. Our family mm. is a, effectively a very very small game company. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really wonderful the, the way this worked out because Lucy and I. Uh, pretty much worked out the the original. Well, with my, with my wife Kathleen, sort of talked about the concept of the game mm-hmm. and playing and you know playing on the pieces and um, are having the lots of moving pieces on the t- on the board. Um, Lucy and I did virtually all of the thinking involved. There's a real, there's a kind of a high level of thought that's needed to create something from nothing and especially something like this which is fairly 
complex because yeah. you, it's, yeah. a, it's a cooperative game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we did that, but my daughter, my other daughter, Emily, um, she did all of the artwork, and she's uh, in fact she's 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 just a dynamo, very talented, and just goes right at it. And um, she does the graphic design as well as all of the. The, the beautiful watercolors that are every in everything in this game is illustrated. Where did the idea come from? Because it sounds to me when when um, when Lucy kind of was was talking earlier, got a little off topic. You Sorry. Sent, you, this do you think this is not the podcast for staying on topic? <laughs> <laughs> there are other podcasts for staying on topic. This is a to- this is let's face it. We just spent ten minutes talking about Thunder Road. <laughs> So this is not this is not a podcast for staying on topic. This is a this is a the podcast that goes everywhere. Um, where did the idea? I mean, yeah, where did the idea come from? Because it sounds to me like you're you know you're fans of um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's work. Mm-hmm. So what made you move from saying any other type of game that you create? You obviously mentioned you didn't um, you didn't feel there was any kind of decent Sherlock Holmes games out. Um, so what made you decide, right, this is the one we're going to do, this is how we're going to do it. Where did the idea originally come from? There were a couple things. Uh, we loved the look of kind of the crime-solving montages Sherlock Holmes will put up on the wall in, in his television shows. It's a little bit like those conspiracy theory hmm. uh, collages with the string and all, and that just seemed very cool looking and very game like to us and we wanted a game that kind of looked like that uh this is also a game very specifically for people who are sherlock holmes fans and might not have really played many games before so we wanted something that was interesting that was light strategy but wasn't like too scary essentially to throw everyone off and uh that was part of the reason we made it a cooperative game because a lot of people are kind of turned off by sort of nasty competitive game experiences especially girls who a lot of uh, Sherlock Holmes fans are now for you know obvious reasons because of the lovely television shows Uh, so that was a lot of our thinking there Uh, it's it's funny we like we owe so much, like the game owes so much to Carcass, to a, uh, not Carcass on Catan. Not because it's anything yeah. like Catan, because, but Catan made hexes like not scary for, yeah. the, for the mass market. And before that, they were so scary. You couldn't do a game with a hex in it. That's only, <laughs> that's only, that's only scary games with rulers and math. And... <laughs> Did did uh, Jim? Did you come home from work a couple of times and just said that's the another hexagon game that's just been rejected? Oh well, <laughs> for, <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, I, for years I, I started Mattel games and I ran the design side for fifteen years, and I would view game inventions constantly from inventors everywhere, and in the certainly in anything that would remotely be mass market you couldn't have anything that had a hex on it lucy's dead on there it just that was it i mean just look at it look at all those hexes oh that looks really scary and hard so what else what else do you have um so so things have changed how, how did it come together then obviously i mean um People who are listening just now are going to be going like, "Well, I this sounds kind of interesting, but what what's it about? I mean, what it's obviously about Sherlock Holmes. But what do you do? I mean, what's the how do you you know how do you play it? What's the kind of you know sell right. it? This is the selling time kind of All thing. Right. This is the thing about explain to us, you know, kind of what I've looked over the rules, and as I say, it kind of looks it kind of looks fascinating. We've probably confused people by me not being able to pronounce game names, but it is a it is essentially placing tiles in order to connect up other tiles in order to achieve a, a kind of a, a connection back to Mr. Moriarty. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, that's go for it. Um, okay. I, I, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll handle this question. Uh, the, 
the object of the game is yes it's it's like essentially what it is is you have moriarty in the center and he's a tile and he's behind all the unsolved crimes in london which are tiles themselves and so you sort of put around him and the object of the game is to kind of connect the unsolved crimes to moriarty you know kind of build a case against him and you connect up clues to witnesses to informants and to locations and you just try and build up essentially a web with Moriarty at the center, which is why the game is called Moriarty's Web. It is a cooperative game, which means everybody plays against the game. And at the end of your turn, Moriarty takes his turn, and Moriarty is represented by a deck of cards. And on his turn, depending on what the deck of cards says, he does things to wreck your case. He, he, he'll kidnap your witnesses, and he'll steal your clues, or he'll kidnap you, and he'll just end... Uh, and then on your turn, you have to fix the damage he's done and try and connect more crimes. And then the more unsolved crimes that are on the board, the more powerful he gets until you can, until if you don't sort of defeat him fast enough, you'll get completely overwhelmed. Because um, you all have, you all have, when you connect the tiles, the, the tiles themselves are really interesting looking because it's, um, you have the central picture and then surrounding it, you have kind of, various patterns along the edges yes. and you match you match the patterns when you're connect, connecting the tiles together but also and and you've got to obviously the aim is to either try and connect it so everything works together in space um but you can also connect it up because you're using everybody gets an individual player you see Yes. I have read the rules. <laughs> no, no, I <laughs> that's You know, I have gone through it. So, um, am I right in saying that every there's obviously all the the kind of the well known characters from from the um, you know, uh, from that universe. Yes. Um, and how do they? How are they? You know, who have you got there? A lot of the strategy of, of our game, because what what we're doing with the with with the tiles is a lot of it's it's a little pu it's puzzly. It's very spatial reasoning. It's all about well, if this fits here and his fits here, it, so you don't so you have enough room to put everything. A mm. lot of the strategy in the games comes from the playing pieces, and everyone plays as a particular character, and each particular character has a. A special rule they have a special power like a special thing that their piece can do and no one else can do that is appropriate to their character like yeah. um like holmes's power is most people can only you, you have you've two you have two moves a turn so there's only a limited amount of tiles you can match up and things you can change on the board except for holmes mm -hmm. holmes can yeah. change anything he wants basically because that's that's just who Holmes is. It's always, well, if we connect this clue to this other witness, then suddenly the whole thing opens up. Yeah. Uh, Watson has a much more protective role. Watson is able to protect, um, protect other people so they don't get kidnapped. He's able to protect important tiles to make sure Moriarty doesn't steal them. Mycroft, mm -hmm. who's, you know, um, the Holmes' sort of spymaster older brother, gets to know what Moriarty is going to do slightly before he actually does it. So he, you know, which can be extremely useful or cannot. And, 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 and we also have Inspector Lestrade and Irene Adler, and mm. she gets to sort of peek at, you know, peek at the, you know, we had you on your turn, you, you pick a clue that you like and she gets to check it. She gets to peek at all the piles to see which one she wants. And Lestrade gets to, uh, Vector Lestrade or Lestrade gets to, mm, usually tiles have to be connected for you to move between them, but, Le yeah. but Lestrade doesn't have to do that. He can just sort of teleport onto another one. And, okay. and, uh, a f and somebody who played the game put it, when I was explaining this to him, said, well, of course, because he's Lestrade Lestrade. Sometimes he just randomly stumbles onto the right clue. He doesn't know how he found it. <laughs> he doesn't know why it's the right clue, but here he is, and he's got it, so that's excellent. Uh, but... So that can affect, can that affect the difficulty of the game? Because one of the things you say that is if you want an easy game, you go for homes if you want... Um... You know, you can change characters based on how difficult you want it to be. 
would it be i mean can you play as two characters at once for instance could you have like a two-player game where you play like as holmes and lestrade and the other person plays like uh, as watson and, and mrs adler could you do it that way you could uh we haven't tried yeah, certainly but it's, we, we, it's it's interesting you say that because some of the times when we were just running through the game and we were balancing oh. the game out, so we well, count, effectively were. Well, unless you count those times, yeah. Right. I mean, we were actually playing it that way. We hadn't considered that that would be part of of the rules. The game right now plays for three to six, right. um, but right. it's, it's an interesting notion. What's 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 interesting about the characters is it's not just. Uh, which ones you choose to play with, um, but it's also the order that they go in. And yes. frankly, yes. the more we keep playing the game, the, that becomes like a strategy in itself. The sort of this meta game of before you even play, well, what's the best? What's the best order to to uh, to play in? So it, it there's a lot of fun variables to think about, but this is not a it's 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 a it's a fairly light fun game um mm. to be played really kind of in a in a social i mean when you're playing this game everybody is cheering together when you finally win if you win and most actually you you only win about a third of the time yeah. um yeah third or fourth uh, there's a big there's a big here there's a big huge cheer that goes up so it's really funny you're you're sitting at a game cafe and you're playing the game and everybody you know there's always a din of noise and all of a sudden right in the middle there's just this like yay and it's just like it's because it, it, we, they won and it's just sometimes it's such a nail biter to if you can actually beat more yeah, but, i mean so. people like a, i mean people like a challenge i mean um yeah. one of the games i love dead of winter is you know, it's designed so you're basically not meant to win every single time. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. if you win every time, if you it's, played it, it's boring. That's boring. There's no know. challenge there. Exactly. You'll you'll put it away if you're winning every single time. Then you'll mm -hmm. eventually kind of put it away, and it's meant to be kind of really, really, kind of really, really tough. Um. Obviously, one of the the reasons we gave this, the, I gave it the ridiculous made up title off the top of my head at the beginning. <laughs> was because the the way you're going to be approaching this is through Kickstarter. So what made you what made you decide to go down I guess the Kickstarter route um as opposed to maybe looking at because you've got connections with the industry Jim getting you know giving somebody the nudge nudge and saying go and run off 3000 copies of this if you don't mind, kind of thing. Well, I mean, was, sure. there a, was there a reason for going down the Kickstarter route? Well, absolutely. Um, we we come up with lots of, of game ideas, and we show them and and to lots of game companies really all over the world, and um, many of them get picked up. Many, 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 many more don't. Um, so the the idea that you can make your own game and cultivate a following for the game, um, knowing that games really live by word of mouth. They always have. That's how a, a, a game grows, a great game grows. Yeah. Um, that this just put so much... So much of those unknowns of, you know, is somebody going to license it? Is somebody... Well, it, we just sort of took control ourselves... Yeah. Um, yeah, and that I think is is uh, very empowering. I, I've mentioned earlier Lucio Ball the quote about uh, the more you do, the more you can do. Yeah. I tell you, yeah. there's all sorts of things I've learned about importing and um, shipping and <laughs> and at yes. which and fulfillment houses and all sorts of things that I never really engaged with before. I knew this happened. But yeah. Um, yeah. it, it probably it usually it very... probably usually sent an email and filed the paperwork for somebody else to kind of sort out. I guess being in the in the industry, so is it is it been quite novel? It must have been quite novel for you to get your hands dirty <laughs> and uh, be doing things from the ground, can the ground up completely. Yes, it, it well it gave me a great a much greater appreciation for all those people I worked with all those years. <laughs> Um, and, and and what they had done, I tell you also is the the numbers. It's very interesting. 
when you're working for a big company, you throw around pretty big numbers and you do it without thinking that much about them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boy, when it's your own company and it's your and it they're your, your own dollars, the numbers, even though they're they're much smaller, seem much much bigger. Um, so yeah. It, yeah. It, it's 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 exciting. So we're we're very excited about the game, and I think what's what's wonderful is is we're also getting a lot of really first-hand feedback. We've taken it to Comic-Con and played it in demos. We've taken it and played it at various game stores in the region and game cafes and we and we get people's response and and you know, really it's 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 a lot of fun. You you're you're really living it and people are they're they've never played it and you've never even met and all of a sudden they're really enjoying it and loving it and and there's a personal satisfaction that frankly when i take a game and invent it and maybe play it with some trusted people and then ultimately pitch it to a company and it's usually not done then when you pitch it to a company it's mostly done yeah. uh then they, they they buy it and you know i don't know a year later it comes out on the shelf and <laughs> But in so your this, already... is like, this is like your proper kind of. It sounds to me this is like your proper baby. I mean, this is kind of like mm. this isn't. While obviously you've been involved in the games industry um, for many years, this is there's a lot of kind of time, and it sounds like blood and sweat and tears invested in invested in uh, Moriarty's web. So, um, I mean, you you still you sound very very passionate about it. Um, well, you're 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 absolutely right, and and we approach the game really very professionally. I mean, we have we have it's we have our costs all set up, we have our production schedules all set up. We know when the games are going to be delivered because I you know I've heard a lot of negative comments about Kickstarter programs where you know hey the the thing was never delivered or was delivered super super late and for us uh, we have an option to if you want to pay you pay pay some extra shipping you can get it before Christmas if not you'll be getting it in January and I mean and I, but, but, I've, but our Kickstarter I, we definitely want people to know is a sure thing it's like pre-ordering the game the game is happening like mm. Yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, we've spoken to a couple of people who have done Kickstarter. Who, if the Kickstarter isn't, you know, if the Kickstarter doesn't get funded, then the game doesn't kind of get made. Um, and it's, you know, obviously it's reassuring to hear that this game is gonna, you know, the the game's gonna go out there, if no matter what happens, obviously on the Kickstarter. But obviously, people who are back in the Kickstarter are definitely gonna get, are gonna get the game, the game as well. Um, I mean, is are there other games? Do you have obviously the Kickstarter is going to come in? It's going to fund. You're you're going to be sending this out to people. Um, just looking at the game itself, and from what I've seen on Facebook, it looks really really interesting. There seem to be some very very good feedback from what I've seen as well. Um, do you have other games? I mean, is this going to be another? Are there, are there other kind of games going to be coming from yourselves if this one? does as well as it's expected to. Uh, absolutely. Uh, one of my biggest challenges is is um, <laughs> that we have uh, one that we're, we want to do that will follow it up and in many ways will be easier to do uh, than this first one, which is fairly pretty ambitious. Mm. Um, and uh, frankly, I have to pull myself from doing a lot of the creative development work on that to make sure that everything with Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty's web is is on track with the Kickstarter itself. Yeah, um, so, I mean that's so the thing that's, is what people don't realize, I guess, is that there's the year, possibly even two, three years before even the Kickstarter goes up, that you're kind of beavering away, getting everything together, and it's only where you know the Kickstarter kicks in isn't the first time you're kind of working on the. On the on the project, so you're you're saying you what you've done is you've had to step back from other things that you're working on in order to to concentrate on the Kickstarter now. Then you yeah? our sort of absolutely our sort of, our, our sort of advertising marketing campaign, our uh, our social media presence, our our banner ads, our public appearances, our like all of this stuff. It's it's a lot of stuff. 
Yeah, and we and we we realize how important it is, certainly with a Kickstarter, to 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 be on top of it with all the social media, mm. um, you know, which is not something that I grew up with. So, um, it's so, so, but 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 you really appreciate it, and frankly, even doing your show and thanks for having us thank, is yes, just thank you. Every, yes, thank you. Everything we can do to get you know the word out because we, there is a there's a there's absolutely a, an audience for for Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty's web. And the real trick is just getting it to the, to all those people that are going to enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, getting it, as I say, getting it to the, you know, getting it to the table basically is, is what it's about. Um, I mean, what's, I guess, what's your kind of, your, cause again, are you, are you the same levels of excitement that you were at when you were maybe back in the days of doing Thunder Road and the, the manager came around and said, Jim, we're going to be running with your game for you. I mean, because it, it, is it kind of you getting that kind of feeling again? The kind of the same levels of excitement as with you completely creating this from scratch. Uh, I I am very close to the products now, but at being an inventor, mm-hmm. um, uh. and 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 frankly, you're even closer to it when you're not only the inventor, but you're well, pretty much you know the whole company in in terms of doing a Kickstarter and getting it out there. I mean, just with just a handful of people. Hmm. Um, so so that is is wonderful. Yeah, compared to um, running much larger organizations where maybe I wasn't able to get really hands-on mm. with products just because of the nature of just the numbers that we were making and and um yeah you spend a lot of time doing things other than actually designing and making games and of course lucy you're at the other end of this because this is potentially your first is it your first project kind um, of game design wise no almost i mean I've I've been involved on some of you know Dad's other projects since he kind of uh, became a freelance inventor and consultant. I wrote a lot of Rotten Apples. Mm. Uh, I wrote stuff for the floor, four player Stratego that we yeah. worked on. Uh, so no, and and I, I I helped in the development pro- process of the, the the our our next Kickstarter project. So. Mm. Uh, no, I've I've been around and I've been doing things, but this is very much my project. I was. Oh, it's per. It's very yeah. It sounds yes. a lot more personal. Yeah, as as <laughs> it's as not a, business as personal. No, no, then, yeah, no, no, yeah, completely. As opposed to someone else's project that I was brought on to work on, this yeah. is very much my project, and it's and sounds... it's it's fun. Uh, it probably was an ambitious one to start off with. Dad says, "Oh, this was a very difficult game to design," and even Dad says so. That it's 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 not just me, uh, mm. but no, I mean, it, it's, it from what I've seen, it looks it looks really really interesting. I've not seen anything kind of similar to that, and I obviously, um, we are not wizards. We do keep an eye out on what's kind of kicking about on Kickstarter. Um, I've not, I can't say I've seen anything kind of similar even in terms of the mechanics and how it kind of how it kind of works together um obviously one of the things that anybody listening to this and they're like going right okay how do i get hold of this one of the things they're going to ask is how you know how much is a copy going to be if you you know well I'm, right well, right I'm... right right now um on the kickstarter mm-hmm. it will be forty dollars for for the game okay um, you can get a discount if you buy three. I think we have a three, three for the price, or, or four, four for the price of three. Yeah. For right. gifts, for gifts. <laughs> Actually, for three gifts. for the price of four would have would have would have been uh, that would be more more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so four for the price of So how many? I mean, what? How many components? You get your deck of cards with that. You get your various different kind of uh, crime tiles. Um, Moriarty tile, yeah. things get, like that. Yeah, so. you get you get everything. You get the game. You get the movers. You get all of our beautiful cards with our beautiful artwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, and if you pay slightly higher than that, you can get some of the original art that went into the game, and you know, you know, prettier, you know, prettier playing pieces. You know, uh, 
we were, were sourcing these little like found odd like little found object movers like a little bullet for watson bullet casing they give it sort of a cool steampunk found object look oh yeah uh, be cool. which will be cool uh, but yeah no the, the the basic game is the basic game is 40 okay and okay. very and have very you thought hard. about have you thought about stretch goals and stuff like that as well uh, or are you just just kind of happy to to get the the orders in um at this point, we do have stretch. Yeah, um, my sort of the stretch goal that that's I think would be fun is uh, my, my idea for stretch goals was mostly expansion packs because yes. of the nature of this game is that it's extremely easily expandable, and if you have different clues and different you know suspects and witnesses, you can tell slightly different stories. So I would love to have like you know one where it's a Sherlock Holmes versus Dracula expansion pack or a Sherlock Holmes versus Cthulhu expansion pack because it's all... Be very, that could be very, very cool. Because it could be very, very cool. Yeah. It's just... The program right just... now, we, we do have, um, like Lucy had mentioned, we you can get some of the artwork from the game itself, mm-hmm. original wow. artwork, um, and then we out actually have the option where you can commission... Um, a portrait of your favorite character of one of the six characters you can you can commission a portrait of of them as well so it's pretty i mean we're really kind of there's the game and then a lot of the artwork that goes along with the game uh, and that's that's a big part of what we're offering stretch, that sounds good and stretch goals would be fantastic but it's like i almost don't want to think about stretch goals it feels unlucky you no, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly exactly um if obviously one of the things you mentioned was the 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 demon that is social media so um <laughs> where if people want to find you where can they find you we are on twitter we're on instagram uh we are sherlock holmes and moriarty's web on facebook twitter it's moriarty's web yeah okay. instagram it's sherlock holmes and moriarty's web yeah and, but uh, again, we'll but again we'll make sure that all of yeah. your social media stuff is in the um, is going to be uh, in the show notes as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, by the time you well, I hopefully by the time that you everybody's listening to this, there will also be a link to the actual Kickstarter campaign itself, yes. which will also be in the show notes. Which will I... also be in the show notes as well. I will make sure they. I will make sure they are all out. I will make sure they are all out. Um, but again, for anyone that's listening, it's Sherlock Holmes. It's called Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty's Web. It is a game for three to six players. It is um, going to be about forty dollars on Kickstarter, which is going to be about thirty. It's going to work about thirty, thirty-four pounds, I think, based on the current exchange rate. Um, and I think at this point, um, I can only thank the two of you, both of you, for coming on the show, um, and spending time to to have a chat through the game. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I hope you both both enjoyed yourselves. Thank you. I absolutely did. This was fun. Uh, no, Richard. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having us. It's uh. Love to listen to your podcasts, and oh, it's that's, uh, oh, that's nice. no, I do. It's really fun, <laughs> and and I'm I'm just um, where's your partner's um, Colin? Yeah, I I'm sad I didn't get to talk to Colin. Colin Colin is out and about somewhere. He's at this time of night. He'll be out fighting crime <laughs> and defending the innocent, or probably he won't be. He'll be um, he'll just be running about. Um, in the rain, laughing. This is what he likes to do, depending on you know, depending on the night that it is. But remember, I mean, again, if um, if you want to keep up with ourselves and what we do, we have got our Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash We Are Not Wizards. We are on Twitter at We Are Not Wizards. We are also on Instagram, which is instagram.com forward slash We Are Not Wizards. You can get us on Stitcher. You can get us on Acast. You can even email us if you want which is magic at we are not wizards.com or .co.uk but remember the main thing is we are many things but we're not wizards are we wizards guys no
No, we are no, we clearly are not, not wizards. Clearly not wizards. We're detectives. <laughs> Today we're wizards detectives. Go and, go and find your clues somewhere else, wizards. We don't need you. <laughs> um, but at this moment in time, it's a goodbye from me. Uh, my name's been Richard. Thank you for joining us. And it's a goodbye from Lucy. Lucy, yes. goodbye. Yes, goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> And a goodbye from from Jim, who's just in the space of forty five minutes become a hero Aww. of mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, goodbye, Thunder goodbye world. to all those Thunder people out there. <laughs> yeah, again, but and, and everybody else, thank you and goodbye. <laughs>